Hello there, and welcome to the All Emotions Welcome podcast, where, you guessed it, all emotions are welcome and all feelings are valid. I'm Glesney. I'm the face and voice behind All Emotions Welcome, and I'm a therapist who works here in the UK. If you, like me, are interested in all things mental health and emotional well-being, stick around to hear some more. Starting a podcast is something I've been thinking about for a hot second. It was one of those things on my list of future dreams, but then, of course, as it quite often does, imposter syndrome kicks in and convinces me, you know, who'd want to listen to you waffling and no one's going to listen to you, blah, 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 all that old stuff. So this is me practising what I preach and ignoring my inner critic, feeling the fear, doing it anyway, definitely feeling the fear. I tell myself that I wanted to try more things this year, try new things and push myself out of my comfort zone. So this is part of me doing so. So you might be thinking, why a podcast? Well, firstly, because I love listening to podcasts. I think they're such a great way to learn new things, to hear different perspectives. I really like listening to them when I'm doing admin work or when I have some downtime between clients um, and sometimes sort of at night before going to bed as well. I've been making mental health content on Instagram for over a year now and as much as I love it there's only so much that you can include on those little squares and yeah Instagram has stories and videos but you know Instagram stories I tend to waffle and they cut you off after a minute which is kind of rude if you ask me and you know why not expand and try a different platform In terms of my expectations, I wouldn't say I really have any. This is going to be a bit of an experiment and we'll see how we go. Which, (laughs) as someone who is a recovering perfectionist, this again is massively going out of my comfort zone. You know, the fear of failure, things not going right, nobody, what if nobody listens, so on and so forth. Um, But pushing all those aside and we're doing it anyway. What I want from this podcast is to just have a space to talk more freely about different mental health topics, Um, so I'm hoping that each episode will cover a different concept or feeling or theme, and then we'll talk about it. I say we, like it's going to be a back and forth conversation and not just me talking into a microphone, but you know what I mean. And I mean, who knows, maybe in the future this takes off, if we could get some guests to talk with me too. But I won't get too ahead of myself. We'll take it one step at a time. So this might be a good time for me to reintroduce myself to you and tell you a bit more about me and about All Emotions Welcome. Um, I'm guessing most of you will have come here from my Instagram account, so you might know a bit about me already. But anyone who is new and you've stumbled across this podcast somehow. I'm Glesney. I will say that once more. Gless me. Glesney. Um, for those wondering, I am originally from Wales, so my name is Welsh. And a fun fact, it's actually an old Welsh word for the colour blue. So meaning blueness or freshness. So it'd be used to describe like bodies of water, for example. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
I currently, however, live in the Midlands and I have done since I left home to go to university way back in 2013, which, oh my goodness, that is so long ago, but it just feels like yesterday. So I studied biology and psychology for my undergraduate degree at Keele University. Big up Keele, what a place. Um, another fun fact, it actually wasn't my first choice or my second. I actually ended up applying to go to Keele through clearing. Um, but it was honestly the best decision I ever made. I loved it so much that I then decided to stay on to do a master's degree in counselling psychology. Another fun fact, I actually wasn't initially accepted onto that course. <laughs> I can still remember how devastated it was so vividly. Um, I was sat in, I think, a biology lab class or something, and I received the rejection email. And I remember having to sit there and, you know, really try to not start to cry <laughs> in the middle of the class and wait till the class was over. And afterwards, just sort of rushed to the bathroom um, into the toilet and just had to cry <laughs> before then going home and spending the afternoon just feeling sorry for myself, which, you know, understandable, had to be done. I felt like my dream was over um, before it had even begun. <laughs> oh, it sounds so dramatic. But um, yeah, it, it just, that's what it felt like. And, you know, too right. Um, however, luckily, a few months later, the course had received some extra funding or something and I was then offered a place on the same course which I thought it was going to be a moment to celebrate but it actually just made me feel all kinds of confused. That initial rejection it still hurt and it still stung and I suppose it was mixed with feelings of shame and you know worrying what others might think if they found out that I'd initially been turned away from the course and of course, that inner critic came out again, trying to convince me that I wasn't good enough and that, well, they didn't want you in the first place. You know, all that lovely stuff. <laughs> but then, you know, I gave myself a stern talking to, reminded myself that this was my dream, that it didn't matter how I got onto the course, that I'd got there. That was what mattered. Oh, see, even talking about it now feels strange. It's like it's been this dirty secret that I've kept in for all these years and I'm finally letting it out and oh people are gonna call me out for being a fraud <sighs> yeah it's not gonna happen and you know I think about how much I've learned and achieved since then it, you know it's been over three years now since I qualified and I'm currently you know working full-time as a therapist for a charity and loving my job and yeah, if I'd have given up back then, wouldn't be where I am now. Everything happens for a reason. Or I think, well, most things happen for a reason, I like to think. But yeah, not once have I regretted the career path that I've chosen, despite um, some bumps along the way. So in terms of my experience in the mental health field, I've been lucky enough to work in a lot of different settings. So when I was training, I did a placement in a secondary school. That was my first placement. Um, I remember so vividly my first session with a client. <laughs> I think we weren't in the room we were supposed to be in. I can't remember why now, 
So we ended up having a session in this like PE office surrounded by like footballs and basketballs and stuff. And it was just <laughs> not what I'd imagined at all. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I also had a placement with a local women's charity that supported new mums and also a local bereavement and loss charity. So quite a varied experience. Um, and oh, I remember feeling like getting to those 100 placement hours was just impossible. So my goodness, the relief once I'd hit that milestone. I felt like I was on top of the world. It just felt like surely that was the hard part, right? And everything's going to be smooth sailing from here on out. And I can go running off into the sunset and go work as a counsellor in a paid role. <laughs> yeah, if only. That was the hard part. If only I'd known what was in store. And I feel like this is a bit they don't really talk about during training. Or at least I didn't think so. And if it was, it definitely wasn't spoken about enough. How bloody hard it is to find paid work afterwards. So I remember being told at the very end of my training, well, you know, now you've got your 100 hours, you can go volunteer at any charity you want to and start to rack up those hours to get accredited. And I just sat there sort of bewildered, wondering, you know, how on earth am I expected to live off hours and experience as opposed to an actual wage? You know, your girl has bills to pay. It just felt incredibly deflating to have spent all that money and time on training and then all the extra costs like supervision and personal therapy to then be told that the prospect of finding paid work was pretty much non-existent and that there was this expectation that we'd have to carry on working for free, even though we were qualified. I just don't think this happens in any other field, really. Um, but, you know, I tried to remain optimistic and open-minded started just looking at any and all any and all jobs in the mental health field anything that was going to pay the bills and sort of vowed that I'd carry on volunteering at my placement one evening a week just so that I was you know keeping my hand in still honing those skills all that fun stuff so then after what felt like an absolute lifetime I got myself a job as a mental health support worker at a local locked rehabilitation unit so I was working with individuals who were sectioned under the Mental Health Act and were diagnosed with a learning disability as well as additional mental health needs and or sometimes an autistic spectrum disorder. And it, the plan was this was going to be a short term stepping stone that I'd still continue to look for jobs in counselling or counselling adjacent um, but it was going to be an opportunity to still use my skills, still work in mental health. <laughs> let's just say it didn't end up being that short term I mean not for lack of trying there were many attempts at job applications um, that were clearly unsuccessful now let me tell you this job was tough so you know long shifts some of those were night shifts which I had never done before um, so that was an experience um, <clears throat> as well as dealing with, you know, challenging behaviour, having to de-escalate situations, dealing with risk and crisis situations too. It just totally opened my eyes to the broad spectrum of mental health and specifically mental ill health. So it was just a totally new experience and 
yeah, one hell of a learning experience. After thinking when I first started that, oh my God, I'm not going to last a month. Um, I managed to stick it out for two years in the end. And I was even promoted to senior support worker in that time. But by the end, it just felt like it was all becoming a bit too much. And I was reaching the point of burnout. In all honesty, I probably was burnout looking back. I can remember feeling so lost at that time. It just felt like my dream of being a counsellor was way, way out of reach. And I'd even started considering other career paths, not because I didn't want to do counselling. That wasn't the case at all, but purely because I felt like I should be progressing in some way and needed to feel like I was progressing in some way. I just felt really, like I said, lost and stuck to be honest. I suppose part of that is, you know, we, we do tend to compare ourselves to other people, don't we? Um, so there was a lot of that going on. So, <laughs> yeah, like I say, I felt this need to progress in some way, shape or form. So I remember applying for a, a nursing scheme at work, so to, to train to be a nurse, um, applied for a social work grant scheme was even accepted onto that one but it just it just didn't feel right to accept them because they weren't counselling you know they weren't what I'd trained to do what I wanted to do but yeah like I say it just felt like something needed to change and it was it was time to move on to something new so initially I'd applied for a um, similar role but at a different hospital However, one day I receive a random voicemail from a woman about a job I'd applied for months and months prior, but that I had not been successful for. So she explained how they'd been given some more funding, they were taking on more employees and asked if I wanted to go for an interview. Um, so I thought, yeah, why not? So off I went, did the interview and the same day was offered the job, so a job at a local college as an emotional wellbeing worker. So working sort of low intervention, low intensity even work with um, learners at the college. And oh, I remember when I got off the phone, just having a big old cry, you know, after they'd offered me the job, because it just felt, finally felt like I was on the right path again to getting into counselling. It was a paid role. I was going to be paid to do what I love. And oh, it was such a great feeling. Yeah, it then led me onto the path onto the job that I'm in now so you know things the world works in mysterious ways but you know as stressful as it was and you know like I say thought about giving up um I'm so glad now that I didn't this is just strange isn't it how things work out but yeah back to that role so I think I was in that job for all of a month before the pandemic started and we were just sort of chucked into working from home, which, oh, that, those last few days <laughs> were just stressful. So trying to get everything sorted, get things in place, figure out what we were doing. Yeah, it was quite the adjustment. But, you know, we were open minded and we were willing to give it a go. So it was whilst I was working from home that I started a blog and Instagram account with um, a friend and a colleague from the college. So shout out to Lydia if you're listening. 
so yeah, we made this blog and we just started to talk about mental health. Um, and we the idea was that we'd share it with staff and learners at the college. And it was just something to keep us busy, really. And yeah, it, it did really well. I mean, we were posting every other day. I'm not entirely sure how we managed that alongside our actual jobs. But we did. And like I say, it did really well. But after six months, our contract there came to an end, unfortunately. It, we, we knew going in it was a short-term contract. So yeah, we were both moving on to different things. Um, so unfortunately, our little blog had to come to an end. It's still out there somewhere. Just it hasn't had a new post in a while. And yeah, so that's when I started my solo venture and All Emotions Welcome was born. And wowee, what a, you know, it's been over a year and it's been, I went into it thinking, oh, I'm not going to get many followers, no one's going to care, I'm probably going to get bored and stop posting. Um, but it's just, yeah, I can't, like I can't believe I have over a thousand followers, I've posted over a hundred times. And, you know, crazy that people want to listen and read what little old me has to say. I do think social media gets a bit of a bad rap, but honestly, that little corner of the internet, that little corner of Instagram, um, it just restores my faith in humanity on a daily basis. Everyone is so supportive and uplifting and it, it genuinely teaches me something new every day. And it's, nice if, it's a nice feeling to be able to contribute to that, even in just a small way you know, in my own little way. And so I guess this podcast is an extension of that contribution. Yeah, that was my attempt at trying to create like a full circle moment and stop me from waffling on indefinitely. So smooth. <laughs> um, I actually have my siblings to thank for giving me the boost I needed to start this podcast. So shout out to my little brother and little sister, Thomas and Erin. Yes, I got the difficult name of the three of us. We can blame my parents for that one. But yeah, we were talking recently and my brother just said something like, you know, why don't you start a podcast? And I thought, do you know what? Yeah, I've been thinking about it for a while anyway, so why not? Sometimes you just need that little extra push, don't you, to take that first step. So yeah, thank you guys. Although whether or not they'll actually listen to these episodes, I do not know considering my brother jokingly told me how he's muted my content on Instagram. I mean, I say jokingly, he may very well have done. <laughs> Gotta love that siblingly love, don't you? Um, nah, I'm only joking. Um, honestly, they're both so supportive of me and my little ventures, and they listen to me waffle on about mental health and <laughs> try and engage them in deep conversations about it too. Uh, maybe they can be the first All Emotions Welcome podcast guests. I wonder, hmm, although that would mean either having to speak Welsh for the entire episode or struggle to speak English with them. Hmm. Yeah, there's another fun fact about me. So I can speak Welsh fluently. I consider it my first language, even though I can speak English fluently as well, obviously. Um, and even though I constantly get told that I don't sound Welsh anymore, which does make me quite sad, to be honest. But yeah, I do speak Welsh with all my family and some of my friends from back home. And it is definitely a huge part of who I am. Um, and, you know, Welsh culture is a big part of who I am. That might make an interesting podcast episode, actually. Hmm. Don't mind me, just thinking out loud. 
on that note, let's talk about what you can look forward to hearing from me on here. Uh, probably a little bit of everything, to be honest. A bit like my Instagram account, I don't tend to focus in on just one thing. I have a broad range of interests, so I like to, yeah, I like to convey that on my page as well. And we'll do the same one here. So you can expect episodes on things like maybe diet culture and body image, feminism, toxic positivity, perfectionism, life as a counsellor and so much more. If you do have any ideas for podcast episodes or topics you'd like me to cover, then feel free to get in touch. You can send me your suggestions over on Instagram. Like I say, this is going to be a bit of an experiment. The plan is to go with the flow the best that I can. And I'm hoping you'll come along with me for the ride. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the All Emotions Welcome podcast. If you enjoyed it, and I hope that you did, feel free to follow me over on Instagram or Facebook. Just search for me at All Emotions Welcome, where you'll find even more mental health content. Again, thank you so, so much for listening. And I really hope to see you on the next one. Bye.